We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On this show, I have a question, perhaps the question, for all of the people who have announced their candidacy for the Oklahoma State Superintendent of Public Education. What will you do to enforce House Bill 1775? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. On yesterday's show, I discussed the three individuals, the three people who have publicly announced their candidacy for the state superintendent of public instruction for the state of Oklahoma. And those three individuals are Ryan Walters, John Cox, and April Grace. I discussed their opening comments and their reasons for running yesterday, and I suggested that we need to be asking these candidates some very specific questions. I talked about those things that we might want to ask them. For example, what are they going to do about critical race theory? Do they support it? Or are they going to enforce House Bill 1775, which would make it illegal for any individual in the state of Oklahoma to teach that one race is superior to another race or that one race is inferior to another race? In fact, not only would it make it illegal, it does make it illegal because it is now the law of the land. HB 1775 was signed into law by Governor Stitt. So I think all of us should be asking the question of all of the candidates who want to be in charge of public instruction in the state of Oklahoma, what are you going to do about it? First of all, what do you think about critical theory? What are your personal views about it? We'd like to know because this is so important to the state of education, not only in Oklahoma, but in the United States in general. What do you think about the assumptions that uh, serve as the foundation for Black Lives Matter, for example? Do you support those assumptions, which are neo-Marxist in nature? Do you believe that we should hold as a priority the queering of the nuclear family in the United States? Do you agree with critical theory, which calls for a class conflict and that there's only a limited amount of power to go around, therefore that power has to be redistributed to those that have been, that have been disadvantaged and been without that power for way too long? Is that the way to solve our problems in the United States? To play off J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, Is the solution just to give the ring of power to somebody else who's been without it for way too long? Is that really what will solve the human dilemma? Will that unite us or will that divide us if power is the solution to the problem? And how about the identity politics of LGBTQIA+. 
and the device of spirit that is endemic in that agenda. Do you agree with that? Or do you think there's a better way for us to engage, to be a United States rather than a divided states? These are important questions that we should be asking these people that are running for this position. Now, you may be tempted to say, well, this stuff isn't going to happen here in Oklahoma. Full stop right there. Not only is it going to happen in Oklahoma, it already is happening in Oklahoma. I'm going to share three stories with you about curriculum that is being proposed in other states, other rural communities. Now, I'm not talking about New York City and San Francisco here. I'm talking about school districts in Kentucky and elsewhere across the nation, where they're actually bringing critical theory into the classroom to the point where they're now saying that mathematics needs to be taught in a subjective rather than an objective way because objective right and wrong answers are merely the product of white privilege. I'm not kidding. They're actually teaching this stuff in places like Kentucky and Oregon. And if you don't want it taught here in Oklahoma, you better get ahead of the curve and you better start asking some very specific questions of these three candidates. Otherwise, it's going to be too late. Let's take a break and acknowledge our sponsors. And when I get back, I'll share with you three key anecdotes of curriculum that's already being incorporated into other school districts across the nation and why I think you need to be very, very concerned about it being here in Oklahoma also. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Okay, in yesterday's show, I rattled off some questions that I think we should be asking. We should be asking Ms. Grace, Mr. Cox, and Mr. Walters. What do they think about Black Lives Matter? What do they think about the agenda of BLM, the specific neo-Marxist agenda? And I'm not making that up. That is their own self-identification. They've said that they're Marxist in theory and that they don't eschew that. They don't apologize for that. They embrace that. And as you know, I've talked about it repeatedly. We've actually got screenshots of their initial website that they've changed. They've taken it down. They're trying to hide it now. But we've got screenshots where they said that one of their goals is to queer the nuclear family in the United States. Do you want that happening in your local schools? Do you want your tax dollars to go toward that? Should you be asking those who want a leadership role in the state of Oklahoma with regard to education and curriculum, pedagogy and andragogy and all that comes with it, do you want your tax dollars to support that agenda? How about critical theory? A theory that by definition is grounded in conflict, us against them. It's divisive in nature rather than unifying in nature. It actually tells us to judge people by the color of their skin rather than the content of their character. Do you want that in your public schools? Do you want your tax dollars to pay for that? How about boys participating on girls' sports teams? Just because that biological male wants to pretend he's a female on a given day, is that fair to the females? Should your girls have their own locker room? Should they have their own bathroom? Should they have their own scholarships, their own court time, their own facilities? Or Will they now be forced to give all of that up, give up their sports, give up their court time, give up 
everything, give up their dignity, give up their identity because of the LGBTQ agenda. How do you feel about that? What do you think should happen? How about cancel culture? Do you think that somebody should be silenced just because their ideas are unpopular? Do you believe in academic freedom? Do you believe in intellectual liberty? Do you believe that truth should judge the debate? Or are you going to allow political power to circumvent that process and to dethrone truth from that officiating role? Should teachers be left alone to teach their students how to read and write and count? Should our educators have the autonomy? And should we give them the respect to come up with their own lesson plans on how to accomplish these goals? Or do they need bureaucrats, often some distant office in New York City or San Francisco or Dallas, coming up with the curriculum for them? Because apparently our schools of education in Oklahoma didn't do a good enough job of preparing these teachers on how to teach these things on their own. These are basic questions that we should be asking. Should we be focusing on the sciences, on history, on teaching the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights? Should we teach these things from a positive perspective or should they be taught from the perspective of critical theory? Are we going to honor the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. who had a dream that there would come a day when we would judge people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin? Or are we going to buy this argument that somehow diminishes Martin Luther King to being nothing but an Uncle Tom and a pawn of those that had the power over him. Is this an insult to Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy? Should we allow that rewriting of history to take place? And then we have the issue of House Bill 1775. That's the key question for this show. What will these candidates do to enforce that law? Do they have any authority to enforce that law? If they don't have the legal authority to enforce it, what bully pulpit do they have to make sure that people can report violations of that particular law? And more importantly, do you think that all of the teachers and administrators in the state of Oklahoma are going to comply with that law? Do you think there will be violations? Is it possible that we might have some activists out there that might thumb their nose at this legislation and figure out ways to dance around it and teach the exact same ideas but just not call it critical race theory so as to avoid the detection of parents and other conservative leaders out there that might be concerned about this? Well, let me share a couple examples with you of what's going on in other states. This story that I'm going to share with you first comes from Kentucky. It's the Kentucky School District that's going to host a year-long anti-racist mathematics training program for all of its teachers. This is Jefferson County Public Schools out of Louisville, Kentucky. Excuse me. And like I said, they've announced that they will host a year-long professional training program on anti-racist mathematics. Now, you might be asking yourself, how can mathematics 2 plus 2 equals 4 be racist? It is what it is. 2 plus 2 is 4. It's not 3. It's not 5. It's an objective fact that 2 plus 2 equals an objective sum, right? Well, no, not anymore. I'm not kidding. 
they're actually bringing in a woman by the name of Latifa Ideen, who is an assistant professor of mathematics, more specifically, mathematics education at Kenesaw State University, who is going to come in to Jefferson County Public Schools in Louisville, Kentucky, and give instruction on how to eliminate circular violence and innovate mathematics education through anti-biased, anti-racist, and racially equitable practices. And that's a quote from their description of this particular workshop. Here's more from the actual application for teachers to use in applying for this workshop. Jefferson County Public Schools will conduct an anti-racist mathematics pedagogy and practices program beginning August 2021 and ending on May 2022. Along with monthly two-hour sessions, participants receive individual coaching and feedback. Teachers accepted into the program are required to teach four social justice math lessons during the spring 2022 semester. They are also expected to plan for wider dissemination of their learning within their schools and their district. That's coming out of Kentucky. Again, not New York City, not San Francisco, not Houston, not Dallas, but out of Jefferson County, Kentucky. You don't think it's going to happen in your own backyard? Think again. Unless you think that Jefferson County, Kentucky is just focusing on mathematics, well, think again there, too. Here's more. The Jefferson County Public Schools Diversity, Equity, and Poverty Department, which is supporting the program that I just described to you, also works to promote equity in other areas. Another year-long program sponsored by the school district is called Revisioning History, and it targets the history curriculum, introducing teachers to books like, get ready for it, A Queer History of the United States by Michael Bronsky. Again, this is the type of curriculum that is being incorporated into other Heartland America school districts. The department also publishes a monthly magazine called Envision Equity. The May 2021 issue of this particular magazine features many articles, but here's one. How to Enrich Your Professional Development, LGBTQ Plus Employee Resource Group, close quote. Now, Jefferson County Public Schools isn't the only school district pushing the idea that racism and math are connected. In California, for example, there's a proposed curriculum book that states that asking students to show their work, that's a quote, to show their work is white supremacy. And just across the border in Ontario, Canada last month, the ninth grade curriculum was unveiled, which suggests that math can be subjective, quote unquote, and that teachers need to honor diverse mathematical ideas and thoughts. Should we ask ourselves the logical question here? If math is more interested or if math is more um, concerned with subjective social justice issues, issues of equity and diversity, and diversity of thought, rather than coming up with the correct answer, then who's going to design the bridges that these people are going to drive across? 
I'd like to know, and I'd like to know which bridges those are, because those bridges won't hold up, because you have to have accuracy in your calculation, calculations, excuse me, and your measurements if you're going to design things like bridges and airplanes, etc., or build a house for that matter. This is a very dangerous place for us to go. When we start denying science, when we start denying biology, denying genetics, denying physiology, and now we're actually at the point where, where we are going to deny the objective reality of mathematics, there is no positive outcome here. So what's the point as it relates to Oklahoma? What are these candidates going to do about this? Are they going to be proactive and get ahead of the curve? Are they going to propose any positive solutions to our educational system and its leaders, its administrators, as well as its teachers, on how to avoid these pitfalls that other states are obviously falling into. For example, at Kettering University, they now have a Math for Social Justice elective that focuses on climate change and racial justice causes as the result of mathematical models. Now, I'm not saying that we don't want to do accurate statistical analysis of these things, but once you start politicizing them, you're not going to have accuracy as your primary goal any longer. You're going to have subjective feelings being emphasized over and above the objective facts of mathematics and the outcome of teaching math to our students. And you're going to have a broken culture and you're going to have damaged people you're going to have things like women being disparaged and losing their Title IX privileges because we've decided that the feelings are going to trump the facts of biology and physiology. And if we start allowing feelings to trump the facts of mathematics, then people are going to get hurt as a result of being in poorly designed buildings and driving across poorly engineered bridges. Well, and Kettering isn't the only university to offer this nonsense. Last fall, the Department of Mathematics and Statistics at Wake Forest offered a racist and anti-racist uses of math and statistics class. And a statement published in October of 2020 by the Mathematical Association of America stated that it is, and this is a quote, time for all members of our profession to acknowledge that mathematics is created by humans and therefore inherently carries human biases. Close quote. And then they go on and say this, reaching this potential in mathematics relies upon the academy and higher education engaging in critical, challenging, sometimes uncomfortable conversations about the detrimental effects of race and racism on our community. The time is now to move mathematics and education forward in the pursuit of justice. Here's the deal. We need to ask Miss Grace, Mr. Cox, and Mr. Walters what they think of these ideas. Are these good ideas? Would you embrace them? Would you encourage them in the state of Oklahoma? If you find out they're already being taught in Oklahoma, are you going to support it or are you going to challenge it? What do you consider to be the priorities for education in the state of Oklahoma? Do you want our students to learn how to count? 
Do you want them to learn how to write? Do you want them to learn the facts of science? Or do you want to politicize things to the extent where mathematics in and of itself is no longer even considered an objective pursuit of data, but little more than a political agenda to be used within the broader category of critical theory? What do you have to say about these things and what are you going to do about it? And how does that, how does that fit with your commitment to live within and champion the law of the state of Oklahoma, House Bill 1775? And there's more. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation recently disclosed that it has been funding a training manual that argues, quote, that white supremacy culture shows up in math classrooms, close quote. And they're asking that we stop requiring students to show their work, quote unquote, because focusing on getting the right answer is a toxic characteristic of math instruction. It actually says that. That's in the toolkit that's titled A Pathway to Equitable math instruction that's being supported by and funding by, funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And this curriculum is being incorporated into the Oregon Department of Education as a micro course in math equity. It goes further. The toolkit was developed by a team of teachers, it says. Instructional coaches, researchers, professional development providers, and curriculum writers with the expertise in mathematics education, English language development, and culturally responsive pedagogy. Close quote. That's what this toolkit actually says in its website, again funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Now you say, okay, You've rattled off this stuff from Ontario, Canada, from Kentucky to California, and now you're talking about Oregon. What's that have to do with Oklahoma? Well, let me give you an example. I was recently given this letter, and I'm going to read the opening couple sentences to you from the superintendent of public schools in Dewey, Oklahoma, Vince Vincent, who is responding to a conservative parent who's concerned about the potential of certain teachers and or administrators in that school system dancing around and ignoring HB 1775. This parent went to Mr. Vincent and asked him what he was going to do about um, getting ahead of the curve and proactively supporting HB 1775 rather than waiting for something negative to happen. This was Mr. Vincent's response to that parent. It says this, thank you for sharing your concerns and I think I can help ease those a bit. Although HB 1775 doesn't actually address critical race theory specifically, you are correct in that it has been intertwined a bit into the conversations surrounding the legislation. Full stop right there. Does that sound like a dodge to you? Does that sound like this particular school superintendent is denying that HB 1775 was specifically crafted to fend off this nonsense? Yes, it sounds that way because that's exactly what it is. 
Of course HB 1775 was crafted and drafted and passed to stop this stuff. And to deny that and to tell this parent that his concerns are somewhat unfounded is either blatantly dishonest or incredibly poorly informed. Either way, this school superintendent and his comments should cause you great concern. Because if it's going to take place in Dewey, Oklahoma, if this guy is this deceptive or this poorly informed, then you've got a problem. And you better be asking these candidates for this position what their thoughts on these issues are and what their priorities for education in the state of Oklahoma will be. I said a thousand times when I was president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, I don't need any bureaucrat telling me as a college president what I should require of my professors. I don't even go to my professors and tell them how, how to craft their syllabus. I don't tell them what textbooks to choose. I hire good people who understand their discipline and know how to teach it to their students. And if I do a poor job and don't hire people that understand that two plus two is four and they start teaching that it's three or five, there's a solution to this. I fire them and go get somebody else who knows how to teach that subject matter properly. If I've hired somebody to teach United States government or civics who doesn't understand the exceptional nature of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, who's going to deconstruct it rather than to teach the facts of history, then I need to fire that person and go get somebody else who's going to teach that subject matter properly. We don't need a bunch of bureaucrats coming up with a common core to impose top-down onto these teachers what they should be doing. Respect the teachers enough to allow them to do their job and stop burdening them with all of this paperwork that is nothing but forcing them to spend half of their lives complying with somebody else's edicts and curriculum wishes. Hire good people and let them do a good job. And oh, by the way, require them to teach good ideas and not bad ideas. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Remember this, in times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left.